This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein with Pam Pibus, Ashley Certified Inspector and Inspectant Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks is out this week, but we got John Abel from Abel's Premier Pest. No matter the temperature of the season, eh, somebody like John needs to be around, because yeah, they're everywhere. Insects, invading snakes and mammals, and all kinds of crazy stuff. You can join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877 877- MPB ring. That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing this morning, Pam? I'm doing great. I'm so glad uh, John is here. I've got my list of questions. Okay, good, good. <laughs> John, welcome back. You know, you've been you've been coming here for quite a while. Um uh, you've been here on the show for a couple of years now, but for someone who might want to call you to their home because of their neighbor's dog keeps jumping the fence and they consider them a pest, define what an actual pest is for me real quick there, John. Uh, a pest is something that, in, that invades your home that wants to, you know, live with you and they are a problem. So uh, that, you know, the pest it's kind of a wide find, you know, wide, uh, well, yeah, uh, my explanation for, you know, a squirrel could be a pest, yeah, you know, well, but definitely not a domestic animal. Okay. When I was a child, my brother was a pest. Well, I was about to say, we need to, <laughs> we need to bring that definition down. That was pretty wide. And, and I was about to say my little brother fit that description completely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so Pam, what did you work on this weekend? What do you got going on? Well, you know, I'm a uh, a scavenger like you, right. Jason. I, right. I look for stuff. Right. So I needed to, I had a bedroom that needed a bed, and I was sipping on my coffee looking out in my yard, and I, I, I thought, I was like, oh, my God, I have a bed. I had taken my grandmother's um, metal cast iron bed that uh-huh. was probably made in the 30s or the 40s. Right. And years ago, um, I quit using it because it's a full size and I went to a bigger bed Mm -hmm. and I put it so that my roses would grow on it. It would hold my roses up. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so it had gotten, it had been white and now it's really nicely patinaed. You know, it's got some of that rust and stuff on it. So I looked out and I was like, oh, that's awesome. It looks great. I've, I've all these years now it's just perfect. Right. So I pulled it out of the roses, which was not a small thing. Right. Um, I still have the scratches they from that. Thorns, but I, right. Yeah, little thorns so that I was had to get some pl- not pliers, tweezers. <laughs> <laughs> right. I got yeah, but I'm kind of this kind of person that would use pliers. But anyway, right. I, um, and I got the the baseboard and the headboard, which are metal, and I had the framing on it. It was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I needed a base, and I because I didn't want to buy a box spring and a mattress. Right, right. So I found, you know, wood is expensive right now. We've wood been is extremely expensive. Woo, yep. it's it's high. So I went in my shop and started looking around, and I had a piece of plywood mm-hmm. that has been in there for years. Right. And it's free. 
Right. It cost me a dime. So I pulled it out and made the measurements and got my saw out and cut it and, and all this stuff. I stowed it up with some uh, two by fours. And then I was like, I want to paint this because it, it's been in my shop for so long. It's kind of stinky. Right. So then I went over to my paint section and I had, because I was hang, like, I'm Hang on just one it. second, Pam. I just have to stop you there. I wanted everyone to notice that Pam has a paint section that she can go to <laughs> and choose. Right? How many, yes. You already have paint? Yeah, I have a, yes, I had a paint section because, you know, I don't, I keep my paint and then every once in a while, I love it how we have these um, Earth Day things where you can take your old paint because you don't right. want to throw your paint in the garbage. I mean, no, you can't, you're, you're not supposed to, but right. you know, people kind of do that. So I went over to my leftover paint and I had ceiling paint in there because nobody's going to see this. I just right. wanted to paint it to, you know, to kind of seal in the, right. the odors and whatever. So I pulled out my ceiling paint and I painted it all up and then I put it in the bedroom. I haven't ordered the mattress yet. That's the next thing I have to do. Well, that's but cool. That's a total upcycle. And the base is all good. Fantastic. I did, I did a little bit of an upcycle this weekend. I took our outside, you know, we've got a deck. Um, I've got a table on the deck. That's just a steel table. It's made of steel. And, and, um, you know, it's been through several years. So I, I did the thing that, that I had been influenced by being around Felder rushing, uh, a little too much. So I got spray paint and went to town on this thing and it's absolutely funky. Cool. I love it. It's awesome. Uh, and you can make something get real bright real quick and make it come to life again with just a can of spray paint. So, just some paint. That's, that's right. Um, okay. <clears throat> We've got a, f- a couple of folks on the line that, that are just patiently waiting for uh, John to get into this fight. So Linda is on the line in Madison, and she has the scariest of problems we might hear today. What's going on, Linda? Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for taking my call. Mm-hmm. So last night, I noticed that in one of our, our trees right by our sidewalk and quite low to the ground, we have a bee swarm, and I was thinking maybe, you know, with the queen just resting overnight that it would be gone in the, in the morning, but it is still there. So I know that bees are so endangered right now, and I want to make sure that I do this right. How do I get rid of them? Well, uh, with honeybees, uh, you know, of course, obviously, you were correct. I, mean, I was thinking they're hanging on a, a low limb, and there's and it's like a huge hive of them. They, they may be at rest. Um, you know, like you said, uh, but, uh, if they're, you know, they, if they hang around, they start going into a hole and building a hive, you're going to have to have them removed by, by a beekeeper. Um, you know, we, we try our best, uh, to have them removed sometimes, uh, if it's a certain height or, or the, or the accessibility is very low, uh, it's hard to get a beekeeper to get them. And, uh, because they do do become a uh, pest to a human or they are or they became become a danger to your kids or yourself sometimes we have to you know uh remove them in a different way exterminate them yeah yeah but that we try our best not to because they are endangered but a beekeeper like right now if if they're just like a hanging out on the tree like i said they, they they probably may be still at rest 
Uh, normally, it's only like a day and they're gone. But, you know, if they're there two or three days, they're definitely looking for a place to nest. Uh, yeah, but you can get a hold of a, bee, a licensed beekeeper or a beekeeper to come out. And normally, they'll remove them when they're like that because it's relatively easy. I just looked them. it up, John, and there's a Central Mississippi Beekeepers Association. Association. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, like I said, it, they, they are helpful, but sometimes if the bees are in, uh, are inaccessible or are hard to get to or on a, above a certain height, a lot of beekeepers are not going to uh, going to give them out because it's uh, a little bit more beyond their skill. Uh, now, John, so there's there's obviously yeah. lots of flying, stinging things in the world, and not all of them are endangered cute bees that we like. Uh, there are some other things that uh, fly and sting close to the ground that other people might consider a honeybee that's not. Uh, about the yellow jacket, probably. Yeah. You know, if it's into the ground or lower to the ground, it could be a yellow jacket. You know, you could be, you know, you could run across some, you know, smaller bumblebees, uh, but if they're definitely hanging in a hive from a tree, uh, you know, that more than likely is a honeybee. But if they're low to the ground and they're coming in and out of the ground, that's definitely more than likely a, a yellow jacket, what we consider a yellow jacket, uh, where they build their hive underground and they're very aggressive. So, you know, I, I tell people when you have things like that, you know, make a wide scope around that and get a hold of your, you know, your, um, your professional in the area that right. does pest control. And, you know, they can give you some ideas of who's in the area to remove bees and or wasps or yellow jackets. Right. And, Linda, I would suggest, yeah, you get in touch with a beekeeper for this bee situation. If it's yellow jackets, I suggest napalm as (laughs) it will probably end the problem. (laughs) Thank you all so much. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. All right. Let's uh, keep on moving. We're going to go to Neshoba County and Bill's on the line. What's going on, Bill? Okay, uh, we uh, just put in uh, a new uh, concrete slab to park on by the house that we moved in a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And now the side of our house, when it rains, is just incredibly soggy. Can't go there for three or four days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was going to put in a French drain, right? but the guy that sold us the house mm-hmm. uh, said that... Uh, when he bought it, the guy told him that the septic tank uh, runoff, you know, the, the tube went right. all the way over and then uh, down the hill. And I don't know where it ends, and I don't want to make my French drain run into the septic. Uh, so is there some tool that I can use that will show me where the that's so. That's such an interesting question. I was, uh, believe it or not, um, I, I, I don't know if this is useful at all, but this is just something fun I got to play with. It was a metal detector the other day and found uh-huh. a whole bunch of places where my wires run near my house, um, and, and you can do that. But I will say something to mention at this point. It's also it's, uh, it's coming to the end of April, which is known as National Safe uh, digging month, uh-huh. which is where we're talking on you. A good call to eight one one would probably be your best bet at this point to make okay. sure to call eight one one and have them mark everything in your yard that they can possibly think to mark, and then you put the shovel in the ground. Um, okay. 
Well, Bill, let me ask you a question. Um, sure. So you're you're on a septic system. You're out in the country. Yeah. When was the last time you had your system checked? Uh, well, we moved in about five years ago, and it was uh, just a, shortly after we moved in. Yeah. Something that I would consider doing is maybe, because I've got the same type of issue on some property I purchased out in the country, and we're going to, mm-hmm. we're coming in to put in some stuff around the swimming pool, and I want to know exactly where that line is. Right. So I'm just going to touch base with the septic company and let them come out and do a locate for me so I know exactly mm-hmm. where that line is. Okay. So they may be able to do it. Right. Right. They could do it, or even a, just a general plumber could do a scope on your line. They've got mm-hmm. the coolest equipment now, and it's a scope. <laughs> they, they use this. We get we actually recommend this sometimes in home inspections, but they'll mm-hmm. run that scope down your clean out, and when mm-hmm. the scope starts going towards the, this is toward the drain on the street, then they'll have a locate similar to what Jason's talking about on top of the ground. So they can tell me exactly where it is because it locates where the scope is in the drain. Hmm. Okay. That would All be right. neat. One other thing they'll be, one other thing they'll be able to tell you is also uh, whether you need your septic system pumped. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes it's been five years or longer. You may need it pumped cause it may continue to overflow and cause a moisture issue where the, uh, mm-hmm. where the exit line is. So it, mm-hmm. they can tell you also if it needs to be pumped, if there's, if it needs to be, have some more some enzymes put in it and need to be pumped. So it'd be John's a good idea got a good point. Over. That may be what is causing your moisture next to your house. Your septic may be uh, leaking or weeping or something. Interesting. Okay. That's an even so, better first call. Okay. Let, let me run a, another solution by could i possibly dig a really deep hole and fill it up with uh, rocks so that it would you know get past the uh, water barrier there i forget what they call I would, it if if you want to do something like that and i'm working on this project now if you've been listening to the show <laughs> i i went and bought some easy drains and I, I don't think the rock is going to do you much good because it's going to okay. eventually what's going to happen is the dirt's going to filter down into where the rock is and just right. clog yeah. it all up. The silt's going to fill it up. Yeah, okay. it's just going to fill it up. But these easy drains, you don't have to have any gravel. You don't. It's not heavy lifting. You just got to dig the hole. Right. And what and the heck another is thing easy is, oh. Say that again. What is what is? What is it? Easy drain? Yeah, I found it just searching online, and they sell them at the big box stores. Yes. And it's uh-huh. corrugated pipe that what you that oh, what these uh, landscapers use, mm-hmm. and then it is surrounded with a mesh and styrofoam. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, it looks like yeah. a pantyhose over a styrofoam. It does. Yeah. It's yes. pantyhose okay. over a, a drain, mm-hmm. and so I bought yeah. me a bunch of them and dug my hole. And I'm waiting for a weekend when it doesn't rain. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. But speaking from experience, uh, you need to, uh, when you're dealing with a septic system, you also need to check with your county codes because uh, speaking from ex- the experience, if you deviate and somebody finds out, you're going to wind up spending money to come back and redo it. Ouch. Mm, so, Good advice. Yeah. Thanks, John. All right, Bill, does that I help you out at all? That's a great help. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, Bill. I, we appreciate it. All right, folks, we're going to take our first break for the hour. Today, our guest is John Abel from Abel's Premier Pest. We'll talk about your home pest control and the best to keep them out. 
Jennifer is on the line in Mobile. We're going to talk to her in just a little bit. If you've got a pest problem and don't mind sharing on air, join the conversation. We're also here for your general home improvement questions. Call 877-MPB-RING. It's 877-672-7464. Or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Allison Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and our guest for the day, John Abel from Abel's Premier Pest. You can join the conversation this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Okay, uh, before we go to Jennifer, I wanted to, to relay this story. I have two things from my youth that are left over from watching movies that scare me to death about a couple of animals. Number one, of course, is Jaws. That will stay with me until the end of my life. I'll always worry about going over three feet in water. So anyway, uh, the other one is um, the Ten Commandments. And that brings us to grasshoppers. Jennifer uh, from Mobile. What's going on, Jennifer? Um, Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, I noticed last year I had literally like a swarm of grasshoppers and they were like little and red and they're just kind of everywhere. And a neighbor told me to spray them with uh, dish detergent and water to kill them, which really didn't help. Well, a few weeks later, it went from literally hundreds of grasshoppers to, I don't know, maybe 50, but they're like... I don't know, maybe three or four inches long. They're, like, huge, and they're black with bright colors, and it's like they, you know, they eat up everything. And I tried the dishwater. Of course, that didn't work. I tried, like, some roach spray and flying insect spray. Like, I've tried so many things, and it's like nothing kills them. I guess a certain time of year they just die or continue traveling. And I was just wondering, what can you do about them? Wow, <laughs> John. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it, 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 they are, uh, and you're you're down on the coast, right? Is that right? Yes, I'm in, in Mobile, and I live near yeah, a river. Mobile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that in that area, they have those type of the black and red uh, grasshoppers yeah. are rather large, probably get up to two inches long. Um, what you can do is because they eat everything, they really do. Um, you can get some stuff we were talking about earlier, it's called Niban. Uh, you can get it offline, uh, at a place called I say this every time at Do It Yourself Pest. Um, it's called Niban, it's a bait and it's uh, comes in about an eight pound bag, eight to ten. And you put it in your yard and they eat it and it kills them. Now, you're going to have these guys for about another Till about July, when it gets really hot, they, you know, they, they either, they move on, uh, you know, uh, 
because they're traveling right now, but they do, they are in that area. So about July, they, they thin down some, but that night band will continue to kill them in your yard and you don't have to put it out, but about every three weeks and you don't put out a lot. You just put out like a handful and you sprinkle it really lightly and they will eat it and it will kill them. Uh, but it also kills everything. I mean, it kills cockroaches and everything else, but we'll take, help you take care of the cock, uh, the, uh, the uh, grasshopper that's in your, your yard. Uh, I know about what you're talking about. I lived in Pensacola for a while and, and, and I know those, those type insects, but um, so it's called an I-band and it's a granular. You can put it out and you get it offline uh, on do it yourself pest and you can get a whole bag and that bag should last you all summer long. Okay. And it will kill um, them. Okay. Well, does it um, mess up the insect ecosystem? Like, because I do gardening, so will it kill the beneficial things too? Well, I mean, you know, really, honestly, you know, all insects are beneficial. They all have a different role to play in our economy. But, you know, no, not really, because there's uh, their population is is such a, especially in the South, such a uh, high population that what you have is not going to really affect too much what's around your house. It will take care of the cockroaches. It will take care of um the uh crickets and things like that but it it is a bait and it is made for insects so yeah to be honest with you it will it will kill what's in you know around you but it it's not going to devastate the you know ecosystem around your house uh you know because they will return but uh, it will help you take care of the grasshoppers but far as you know treating those guys with what you said you know uh spraying them with um uh, uh liquid detergent uh, all that does is it's supposed to help suffocate them because they breathe through their skin, their exoskeleton. So you may kill the ones that you hit, but there are, there's another 10,000 behind that one. So yeah. the, only thing I, the only thing I know to help you control it would be the bait, you know, and it's, it's, and that bait is made just specifically for insect. It doesn't harm your dogs or your cats or your kids. Um, oh, and it really, it works really well. And, and the plus side of it too, it smells like tacos. So it's pretty good. So, okay. Well, thank you so much. And you guys have a great day. Great. Thanks, Jennifer. We appreciate yeah. it. Okay. Real quick, before we go to Wilma, uh, we've got a, uh, email and I love this one. Okay. My front door is damaged. I, I really was hoping, uh, uh, so Pam, you're going to have to help. My front door is damaged and has some pretty deep cracks. We want to get it restained, but the first company we got a quote from told us it would be $700. Then we got a quote from another company telling us it would be $250. My question is why such a huge difference in pricing? One is a paint company and the other one flips houses. Which one sounds more on par with what this job would usually cost? Well, I'll start off with this one by saying if you have a paint company, the paint company is going to be interested in that paint never leaving that door. Um, whereas a house flipper uh, is not necessarily worried about what happens to the house five years from now. They're not going to have that house. They're, they're just moving along. So there may be a difference in quality and how they do that. Uh, but, Pam, what do you think? Well, I think the people who quoted 750 really don't want the job. (laughs) (laughs) I think they're they're so busy that they're like, if they take it, then it's worth my time. Right. (laughs) And then if they don't, then, you know, we're busy enough. And that's the thing you're going to deal with right now, folks. Listen to me very carefully. 
you want to be on somebody's waiting list. If they can come tomorrow, you don't want them because everybody is busy right now because we all sat around during the pandemic and looked at all the things we wanted to do around our house. <laughs> and then we started calling people to see if they could do those things. Well, we're not the only ones calling. Everybody else is calling right now too. Right. So right. it's just going to take some time. And I've, I've always said, my dad built houses and he said, if the painter can come tomorrow, you don't want him. Huh. Okay. <laughs> That's you know, a good rule to live on, by. Yeah. I want to be on somebody's waiting list. Cause that means they're busy. If, if, if they're not busy, then something's something's up. Okay. So I always say on these projects and I was, what? I was scoping ne next door the other day for uh -huh. handyman services just to kind of look and see. Yeah. And you want to get a referral from somebody and make sure that the work they're doing is good. You want to make sure that they're showing up and please don't pay them ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, we've seen that way too many times. I'll be back with the uh, equipment and the and the uh, materials. You just wait right here. Oh, can you I have the check? Just wait right here. Yeah. And what I would do, I always do this because, but I love to paint. I'm going to go to the paint store. I'm not going to go to the big box store. I'm mm -hmm. going to go to the paint store. And I'm going to talk to them about what's the correct product to put on my door. Right. And then I'm going to purchase it. Then I'm going to come back and find somebody to do that. Well, but and I'm I, not going to let them show up with the product. I want the product that I know is going to work on my door. That's a good point. That's a very good point. All right. Uh, John, any thought there? Well, yeah. You know, I was going to say, too, one thing you also have to take in consideration, not disagreeing with family, is this, this that you got to look at the quality of the door and how ornate it is and, you know, what work it's going to take. Because uh, I had a door that had the glass, uh, you know, that solder and stuff, and I had to have a pane where it got knocked out, replaced in it. Mm -hmm. And it was $400 and it was the cheapest I could find, but it depends on the door. Right. And, you know, and also the company, I agree with you, but it, you know, you got to look at the door that they're working on as the price that they're setting. Now you could say two fifty, maybe fly by night and seven fifty, maybe the good guy, but I would look at it. I would also take entertain a little bit more than two quotes on a door. That's a, that's that a great apart. point. That's a great point because that third one might be right where you're looking. Um, right. I will say that that when, when uh, getting a flipper to do to do jobs like this, remember a, a flipper. What they do is they buy something, they they make it as good as they can the way it looks, and then they sell it. So it's they called. You know what you call that, Jason? What's that? Lipstick on a pig. Lipstick on a pig. Okay. And what that, what, that, what that means is that they can make things look good, but you don't know if it's made to last or if it was done right the first time. You just know it looks good now. Uh, the difference with the painters is, like I said, a, a painter is going to have pride in that work and want that paint to stay there forever and look great. So there's there's a little difference. So anyway, let's keep going. Um, Wilma's on the line, and uh, is it Fredville? Alabama? Prattville. Oh, Prattville. Next to Montgomery. Yeah, Alabama. right outside of Montgomery. Yeah. What's going on, Wilma? Hey, I live in the woods, and I have uh, quite a few pests going on. But my main pests are wind rats coming in my house, and you my refrigerator wire. Hang on just a second, Wilma. Can you say that to me one more time, kind of slowly? Okay. Yes, uh, I have them are uh, wood rats. Wood rats is one of them. 
second one is ant beds every which way all over my property. Ant beds everywhere. Uh oh, did she say termites? Yes, sir. And the last one is snake. Okay, so let me get this straight. Snakes, termites, ants, and what was the other thing? Wood, Wood rats. rats. Yeah, I'm burning it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh John, this is this is you, man. <laughs> Go to town. Yeah, uh, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I've been through that, but I, I'm gonna be honest with you. You have a you have a a lot of issues there with with, with pests. Uh, a couple I can help you with, but uh, several of them you're going to have to get a qualified uh, exterminator out there because the termite situation that uh, that requires a separate contract and and the the chemicals we use for termite are, are strictly strictly rela- uh, regulated by the state. Each state has a pretty strict regulations on termiticides. Uh, far as the wood, as far as the uh, rats that you're talking about, uh, it could be more than likely a, a roof rat or a Norway rat. But what you can do, uh, because of EPA mandates and stuff, if you put rodenticide out of your house, uh, you need to have it on the outside in a lock station in a PVC station with lots of animals and kids can't get to it. Um, now you can go. I mean, you can go to your hardware store and you can get the green bait is called contract block i don't recommend it it's on the lower end of it of the to in my opinion on the lower end of the road in the size uh if you're going to do anything uh you can go again to what they say do it yourself test it's a great website uh, pick up some stuff called final block uh, it has a very high attractancy rate and it's more a little more potent it works a little a little bit better than that green stuff that you buy at wherever, you know, Walmart, wherever you can get it at. It's, of course, if they sell it to you through places like that, you know, it's on the little, on the lower end, honestly, of, of your rodenticides. Uh, snakes, you can keep, you can, you know, do the mothball thing and everything. But what happens is with a snake, if you have rodents in your house, for lack of a better word, that snake smells of them. And that's why he's there. He actually tastes the air with his tongue, and, and he knows that there's a food in the area. So that's why the snake is there. Once you remove his food source, the snake will leave. If you have a snake in the house, you have two choices. You either catch him by hand and remove him, or you catch him on glue boards and remove him. Uh, glue boards work pretty well. Uh, but you also have to find how the snake got into the house, which, you know, depends on the size of the snake, depends on the size of the hole. Um and then what was the last one? <laughs> uh, we had, let's we see, we had ants. Oh, ant beds. Here we go, ant beds. You can get a product called Biofin, LP. It's B-I-F-I-N-L-P. Uh, it's a granular. You can put it out on your property. Uh, 25, by, 25 pound bag covers a quarter of an acre. And it will completely stop ants from mounting for about six to eight months. Wow. I've not heard of that before. That's amazing. I know that uh, I learned uh, recently that if you've got a big, like, uh, fire ant mound and you you get rid of that somehow, what you end up with is eight more fire ant mounds. So, right. Right. Uh, Wilma, does any of that help at all? Um, uh, could you spell the, uh, L-P-B-I? 
Okay, it's it's called Biofin. It's, it's Biofin dash. Yeah, F I N. That's B I dash F I N, and it's L slash P. That means it's a granular. Okay. And basically, yeah, I'm showing it on Amazon for thirty nine oh nine. Yeah, and we'll we'll link to all this stuff on the podcast, so you'll be able to find it there too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you you could probably find a little less than that, uh, but you know it uh, uh, it works really well. And tell us, John, what what was the site again that you said to go to? Uh, it's called Do It Yourself Pest. It's a website. It's been around for about five years. Do It uh, Yourself it's made Pest for just homeowners. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's made for homeowners. Yeah, John's Do right. What? I looked at and the Bifin LP granules on DIY Pest is thirty two eighty. Okay, so that is cheaper than Amazon. All right, that's that's usable. All right, well, I hope these uh, these help. If, if if you miss something, you can listen back to the podcast, and Java will of course post these links in the podcast. So thanks for calling in. All right. Number to call is 888-372-GIVE. It's time for another break. And if you want to join today's show, give us a call. 888-377-MPB-RING. There we go. I just need to read it, right? That's 877-672-7464 or send an email to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. We're talking about your home improvement projects, how to keep them pest-free with John Abel from Abel Premier Pest. Stay tuned for more tips and advice on keeping the critters out in your house on tip-top shape. We'll be right back. MPB Think Radio. Whatever your taste, news, music, storytelling, or how-to shows. Whatever your city, Gulfport, Hernando, Meridian, Greenville. However you want. Radio, smart speaker, smartphone app. MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Welcome back. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jason Klein here with Ham Pivas, Ashy Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and John Abel from Abel Premier Pest. And if you missed any of today's program, you can always listen back by podcast using any podcast app or the MPB Public Media app. By the way, you hear that voice that we hear, all, that we play all the time, the guy that says MPB Think Radio. That guy? Uh, he's actually, uh, he, he went to Jackson State University, and if you watch General Hospital, he is part of the current story arc. So he's he's on that show right now. That's right, Dan White. So, all right, we're going to get back to business here. I've got a call on the road, uh, no, uh, from Mikey in Mobile, and uh, what's going on, Mikey? I have a question for your guy, um I hope I'm going to be organized enough to ask it correctly. Okay. Um, but it's also for all of you, uh, because we, we recently spoke, uh, I recently spoke with y'all, and y'all answered me about um, putting swag around house. That is, uh, I, I haven't investigated that. But I, I am concerned about, as Pam pointed out in that conversation, the Formosan and other termite stuff that, that can get into your place before you know it, um, along with other things. Uh, so 
what kinds of things? I know that there are areas, depending if you're in a, a waterfront area, for instance, that you have to beware of toxicity. Um, if you are in a hilly area um, where there's drain off into your neighbor's places, you need to be considerate about that. Right. Um, uh, my, my specific question to get to it finally is, um, okay, is something like slag or a busted up concrete bricks that are too old to do anything else with or other pieces of pottery and or, you know, um, or rubber mulch or ground up tires? Um, please advise. About what? What about those things? What what do you think of those options? To surround your home? Should you surround your house? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You should surround your house uh, to what dimension? Uh, And, and, you know, uh, width, uh, you know, from outside your house. Okay, if you put slag down around your house, the full length of the house, how far out would you go, John? Would you go a foot out? Well, you know, it, it, you're talking about for termite control, I, I believe that's what you because there are some mm-hmm. tests uh, done with that. That's what you're talking about, correct? Yes, sir. Termite control? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there are some tests going on, you know, at Mississippi State University uh, that's, you know, dealing with doing, uh, you know, ground up slag, uh, ground up uh, small particles of uh, uh, rock and things like that to assist um, with uh, termite control without chemicals uh, because, as she said, the runoff effect and things like that. Well, here's here's the drawback uh, to that is you, you mentioned specifically Formosan. Well, Formosan termite and drywood termite uh, do not typically have to reach the ground to infest your home. Okay. Oh. Uh, if a Formosan... If a Formosan termite is in your attic, uh, it does need water, but not necessarily from the outside. They can get it from your drip pan or from some overflow or something to that nature. They don't need to reach the ground like a subterranean. Uh, dry wood termites do not need moisture at all to infest your house. And on the coast and in the mobile area, things like that, dry wood termites are one of the things you'll have to deal with. We deal with them a very. We deal with them a, a, a little bit up here in the, in the central area, but not much. Uh, usually, like you said, it's along the coastal areas that we deal with them. Uh, but what you're talking about is more to help control uh, of subterraneans that come up under your slab or your home through the dirt. Uh, me personally, and it's just me personally, because like I said, they are working with those type things that you mentioned. Uh, see, as that as a alternative to some of the. Uh, liquid treatments or the baiting treatments and things like that. Uh, or in conjunction. Me, me personally, ma'am, or in conjunction with, uh, it, any, in, in termite control, uh, and depending on what liquid you use, if you're using liquid, uh, if you're using slag, uh, you would need to go down probably two foot uh, by six inches wide around your home with a slag to assist with uh with termite control. Wow. That's a lot of slack through that. Yeah. They would have to come through that because, you know, sometimes, I mean, when we put termite side in the ground, it seeps in, if we put it in six inches deep and it seeps in another six or, you know, six to 
six to eight to 10 inches. And so you're really looking at once you put that chemical in the ground, you have to put the amount you have to put it there, it seeps into your soil. So it covers about 18 inches to two foot, depending on your soil. So uh, when you're talking about doing that, termites obviously are in the ground and they travel through there. So yeah, it's a quite of a, a feat, but that's a, that in my estimation, that will be what they're doing with it. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mikey. We appreciate it. We're going to keep moving. The phones are open. And uh, Audrey is on – Aubrey. Sorry, Aubrey. Aubrey is on the road. And uh, you've got a question that just strikes fear into the heart of my wife. Go ahead. This is the year of the 17-year locust. That's right. Ooh, those locusts. That's, a, that's yeah. what scares me from that movie. John, uh, you know what we're talking about, the locusts. And then, uh, and of course, we heard about cicadas all, you know, for, for a while. Uh, any big bug events this year that uh, – do those two mean anything for you, John? Uh, well, you know, uh, this, this year, you know, we had a really hard winter for us, you right. know, uh, here in the south. Uh, it, it helped reduce some – issues but right now in central mississippi we really aren't dealing with the locusts as much as we are what they call a buffalo gnat the the one that gets all in your face and your ears and they bite you we're dealing with a lot of that right now because of the moisture in the air uh but you know in the south uh we are so lucky in the south that we have every insect possible you could have and they thrive in the south uh <laughs> Because of our, you know, because we're in yes, the south, but we're lucky, the, John. The, the, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the locust situation—they eat, oh, they eat everything in their path. Uh, so, the only thing you—you you got two options with locusts, or actually oh. three. You got a misting system that will keep them at bay. You can mist your yard with it, or you can have a liquid, liquid sprayed on your yard in your house that will kill the ones that are there. And then the ones that come behind it, or you can do baiting, which I'm always, I'm always partial to baiting because it's less toxicity in that and putting it into the ground to do a lot of baiting and the bait lasts, um, you know, you can, it'll last a couple of rains. You can get a rain on it. It'll last through that. So baiting is, and it also attracts them to it. So it works relatively quickly, uh, far as the bait's concerned, but as far as chemicals, you don't have, all you have is a misting system and, or, you know, spraying of some type for the locusts. Will a locust eat a buffalo gnat? Right. Uh, no. <laughs> they eat. They eat grass. They are. They are. They eat all kind of. They all your grass and all your flowers. If it's green, no, they'll eat it. These are, you know. These uh, are the one, These are the ones that come up out of the ground and leave their little shell hanging on the tree, and make all the. Racket. Oh, you're talking about cicada. Yeah, yeah cicada. Yeah. Cicada. Okay. I'm I sorry. I thought you were talking about. That's okay. Okay. A locust uh, is a grasshopper. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a cicada. Now, with a cicada, uh, you could that biofin that I mentioned earlier. I don't know if you was listening, but that biofin, what it does is once you put it in your yard, uh, it's every time it rains, it puts chemical in the ground because it's nothing but sand that's been impregnated with a chemical, a pyrethrin. And every time it rains, it puts it in the ground, and it takes about three weeks for it to penetrate six to eight inches. It it literally kills all the insects that are under the ground like ants uh you know it kills grubs uh worms uh cicada it just it's that's what it does a lot of people don't like that but it kills fleas and everything else so it 
kills a multitude of things in your yard because it does seep into your yard. And every time it rains, it puts that chemical back down in your ground. So it keeps ants at bay and it keeps uh, cicada down and several other things. Wow. But with cicada, even though they're coming up through your yard, you've not got another 10,000 out in the woods that's coming up and it's going to be creeping all night. So, right. you know. All right. I think I, I think for cicada is the only thing that you really can use for pest control there is earplugs. Because there's, yeah, there's not much I mean, to do. There's billions of them. Yeah. I love those things. I love it. It reminds me of being at my grandmother's in Greenwood. I think one of them <laughs> attacked my wife when she was a little girl or like flew towards her. So now she's petrified of them. They're like well, flying buses to her. Give her a tennis racket. Yeah. All right. Uh, there you go. We want to go ahead and take this. Uh, let's go ahead and take this call. Jerry's on the road, uh, and uh, he's talking about, uh, well, what are you talking about in the yard, Jerry? Uh, I guess it's uh, crawfish, crawdad, and bow holes in the ground. that make them miniature volcanoes yes. in the yard. <laughs> miniature <laughs> volcanoes. <laughs> What were you asking about? How do you get rid of them? How do you get rid of them, yes. John, uh, there seems to be some crawfish making little uh, tiny volcanoes in his yard, and he wants to get rid of them. And uh, this happens. I've got a little stream behind my house where this happens. Yeah. Uh, really, honestly, as far as the crawdad, uh, crawfish, what are you going to call them? There's honestly not a lot of options because of a runoff effect, because of a creek. Because most of the time they're in wet, wet areas. Uh, and by state and EPA standards, we have to be very careful with runoff uh, to get into creeks and ponds and rivers. So where they are, it's, it's honestly, uh, once they bore that hole, I mean, they're, they're done with what they're going to do is just knock the mound down because there's, there's no chemical I can tell you to put out there for them that's going to control them that's legal okay hold off the runoff all right so john when you see the little the little volcano mound that the the crawfish made and and is is there anybody home in there uh well i mean they when they once they bore that hole they go in the ground you know they'll they'll go down in there and they'll lay their egg and they'll come back out and how far down are they going okay how far down are they going Uh, probably about six inches Probably six inches. Wow. You know, and it has to be really wet. Uh, so once they're done with what they're doing, they're, they're up and out, you know, gone. Uh, and they leave behind that big mound of dirt. Uh, well, let me tell so, you, uh, John, <laughs> I got a story about this. Have I told this before about waking up and there were crawfish all over my kitchen? No. <laughs> You're going to need to do that and go. Yeah. No, I got cats. And they, these cats love it when it rains. And I, I really need to shut the cat door when it rains and just leave them outside because they'll play in the rain and then they come inside and they want me to dry them off. And so I went to bed one night whenever it was storming recently, shut my door because I know they're bringing stuff in. And I heard something and I thought, I just don't care. I'm going to get up in the morning and deal with it. Sure enough, I got up. I bet there were five crawfish in my kitchen. Alive? Yeah. They yeah. yeah, they've been bringing them in all night long. And they get them on that that floor up there and they were batting them and hitting up against them. I mean, it was crawfish Olympics in Cat, my kitchen. Cats do get bored. <laughs> <laughs> you need new cat toys. But, uh, you know, for, but to answer this question, really there's not a whole lot chemical, uh, pest control chemical wise that will help because of 
you know, like I said before, it's a runoff effect, and that, that's a big concern with most companies. Right. So. Okay. And, you know, there's a lot of other I'll options. I'll look into it for them, and I'll, I'll look into it a little deeper for you. Well, okay. Will a crawfish eat a buffalo gnat? Well, what does eat those things? <laughs> and, and why did they get the unfortunate name of buffalo gnat? <laughs> were they like. I mean, those things well, are they, yeah, they got a big old hump on their back. Right. Okay. So, so uh, if you're indoors, if you're indoors, uh, you would use so you, it, it, setting traps. I know that uh, Ezra, a lot of you know Ezra, uh, who used to work here at the radio station, he kept getting a possum under his house and finally went uh, to a uh, supply house and got a, 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 a critter catcher and caught it. And I think he and Kevin Farrell drove it out into the woods about, a, I don't know, 20 miles out and let this possum go. <laughs> But uh, but that's the way they've dealt with it. Uh, if you're trying to get a critter like that, you can actually catch it with a cage and, and remove it. I mean, not at all. Uh, I mean, there's some dangerous to that. But Well, especially well, if you're going to catch a skunk. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Those skunks, I, you know, I, I do wildlife trapping a lot. I do it a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, here's the thing with, with when you do catch a wild animal. You need to have something to cover the cage. So because if it doesn't see you, it stays calm. Number one. Number two, if you are trapping for if you're trapping for possums or coons, you need to use dog food. Because if you use tuna fish, you're gonna catch a cat in the neighborhood. Oh. To be honest with you. You just are. You know, so if you're trapping for possums or coons, use dog food and you'll catch you'll catch both of them. Because if you I can, I promise you, if you use tuna fish, because I have before. I come back the next day and I got a domestic cat. I got somebody's cat in my cage and he's scared of that. Right. You know, so. Well, folks, anytime you can go by those places that are like feed and seeds, things like that. They have those little cages that you can use to catch critters around your house. And and they do work well. You got to get the critter far enough away that he doesn't know where he is anymore, though, because they'll come right back. Yep. Something to know. All right, folks. Well, uh, we did it. We got through another hour. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Javid Chapman. Our call screener today was Liz Gill. For Pam Pivas and our great guest, John Abel, I'm Jason Klein. Stay tuned for our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White. And join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101 only on MPB Think Radio. Thank <laughs> you.